Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles. We do have Jimbo Baggins with us. Uh, pray for Juan as he is traveling, traveling, uh, meeting with his family. So it'll be hopefully some some good family time for Juan. Uh, so pray for him and his, yeah. his family. We also have a great guest uh, this. Well, I, I normally say this evening. We're doing recording in the morning time. Yeah. So, but this morning we have a, a great guest with us, Father Bonaventure Chapman, Dominican from the Dominican House of Studies. New recently, uh, doctorate, doctor mm-hmm. in philosophy. Yep, I'm a, a certified special specialist in like ontology, so I can do those kind of surgeries, conceptual <laughs> surgery, um, but don't do. An- <laughs> Nothing other than that would be dangerous. Yeah, my brother's actually a medical doctor, so he can do like real surgeries. I just do conceptual surgeries. Like your biological brother? That's right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, my, yeah, I have a twin, uh, fraternal twin brother. Oh, very cool. Yeah, he's an anesthesiologist. Nice. So he puts people to sleep. That's the way to go. Yeah, pain surgeon, all that kind of stuff. So. You know, the funny thing about anesthesiologists is that they're very often sleeping themselves while their patients are asleep. It's like is known by like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you put them to sleep, and then you just sit there, and you watch the monitor, and... Yeah. Yeah, be sure. You close your eyes for a few minutes. No big deal, <laughs> all right? He's basically done with the anesthesia, you could say, part. He works now on mostly pain surgery because of the, the boringness of that, I suppose. Ah. Um, so now mm. he, he installs little, like, a little pump specialty stuff in the spine to be very careful. It's a delicate surgery with his hand, so uh, uh, because if you if you make a mistake in the spinal cord, you're... you're yeah. That sounds like... Yeah. You're, you're okay in a way, that person's not, and then your money is not okay. Yeah. yeah. You're one sneeze away yeah. from, from a, a lawsuit. His That's hands exactly right. must be adroit. Uh, look at that. Good use of word, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. We talked about this word yes, yesterday at breakfast, yeah. and so I'm, I'm excited to have an opportunity to use it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, are you like doctor father, or is it father doctor? Uh, just father, but I guess, uh, yeah. I, it's weird because it's, it's like father Bonaventure Chapman, OP, and then sometimes you put PhD after that. But I feel like OP should be the, that's the kind of important part, and the PhD is just kind of there. So I guess it'd be father doctor Bonaventure Chapman, OP, PhD. But it's like that's just silly. Just it seems like it would fine. be father doctor because you yeah. say Saint Pope, yeah, John Paul II, yeah, that's right? right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, father is is, is sufficient. <laughs> very good, <laughs> very good, very good. So we're gonna talk, you know, uh, very. This is very like you understand. Like this is something that we would do. We would talk. We'd bring a Dominican on to talk about a Franciscan. Yeah, mm. of course. I mean, this makes very logical sense, right? Well, Dave's got the Franciscan shirt on today. I do. Yes, um, it says preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use t-shirts. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yes. yes, of course. And uh, that's actually a direct riff, quote. Riffing off of a quote that 
he didn't actually that say. He never actually said, Probably. but like most quotes, you know, not like not who cares? Says. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it represents something like him. It's it's, it's reasonably a t- uh, you know, yeah, accurate to his character and what he might have said. Yeah, or might have done this sort of thing. Actually, that quote or the we hit track four, the uh, supposed quote. It really bothers me because it's like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and when necessary, use words. Oh, oh, you're, you're so, so holy. holy. Your actions, your charity, has reached such a level. I barely need words. It you know. Could, yeah. It could be, or you could just, from a philosophical uh, perspective, it's it is a conditional, and so the antecedent you could just say is always fulfilled. Like, if necessary, use words. It's always necessary. Yeah. So use Thus words. Use words. So it's yeah. actually it's a fine claim. You know, that's a nice part about about uh, conditional claims is they're okay. It's like when you talk about oh this might be dangerous with people, but you know say let's say like someone has a pet bird or something and it dies and you're like oh what you say you know is the bird gonna be in heaven and I say and I you did the correct answer is uh, if you need that bird to be in heaven to be happy then of course God's God's gonna, gonna give you that bird yeah. He'll give you exactly what you need to be happy. He's not going to give you the bird. I don't. The antecedent will not be fulfilled. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but we're so we're going to talk about uh, somebody who may not be familiar to some of our audience, but uh, John Dunn Scotus. Mm-hmm. Blessed, blessed John Dunn. Blessed, blessed John Dunn Scotus. Yes. Uh, but yeah, maybe for those who never heard of the guy before, mm-hmm. like what time period are we talking about? Sure. Like, yeah. he's a Franciscan. And in but, the like the recent ruling about. Uh, uh, you we'll know, talk about the decision. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Was he, was he on the six or the three side? Of he was the... on the six side. Yep, with Clarence Thomas. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, the first. Yeah, that's a good. You know, when you live in the theological world or the the medieval Dominican type of world, uh, Scotus. The first analogy is, of course, Dun Scotus, and then you realize, oh, there's Scotus and Potus. You know, yeah. these sort of things. But for most people who don't live in this world, Scotus probably refers to the Supreme Court of the United States, um, just like. I live at the Dominican House of Studies, which we call DHS. Um, but for most people, DHS is a different kind of thing. Like not uh, something you want to get involved with. Yeah, I, I think I do think it's accurate, though, in a sense that the Dominican House of Studies is kind of the real Department of Homeland Security. You uh, know, it's, yeah. it's kind of attentive to what's actually true in the world and all that. But in any case, so, Sco- so Scotus, when you t- refer to Scotus, it is his, it is his last name, which is something like it's the Scot. So John Dunn's the Scot, the, the Scot or the Scot. Um, he's a Franciscan in the end of the t- 13th century, lived roughly 1265 okay. until 1308. Um, so he's so if you're if you're checking in on your time scales here, Thomas Aquinas has died in seven, 1272, I think it is, um, and so he's a, a generation you could say after Thomas Aquinas. But this is the this is the age of the great universities. So Oxford and Paris uh, have been established, and this is the age when uh, theology. Is is the highest science in the universities? That's mm-hmm. not true today, and so your highest masters are your masters of sacred theology at that time. And Duns Scotus falls within that tradition, so he's a master at Paris um, and then at Oxford. So he's spending most of the time. Even though we generally think of Franciscans as people that are working the street, poor, help with the poor, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, the two great mendicant orders, the begging orders, the Franciscans and the Dominicans, um, founded from Saint Francis and Saint Dominic. Um, they quickly became experts in theology uh, and took on and had chairs. Basically, a, uh, a f- and in Paris, um, there would be a man who had a, a, pr- a priest who had a chair of theology. And then early on, they converted to like a, become, they became a Dominican or Franciscan. And then so the order said, so when he dies, that's, 
That's our yeah. that's our chair. That's we ours. get to keep right. that, right? We'll we'll, we'll replace. Yeah, we'll exactly. supply the next guy. Exactly. Yeah. So Bonaventure and St. Thomas, of course, are an example of this, this sort of thing. Uh, and then it kind of keeps going. Now there are diocesan secular masters, uh-huh. as they're car- called. But Fr- France, uh, Scotus is a little bit later than St. Thomas. So he's a generation after. So he, you know, didn't didn't live. Or, or did, I mean, overlap with Thomas, but he wasn't in the same place at all. So was Scotus? Would he have read Aquinas? Yeah, this is this is what uh, if you're a if you're a if you're a Scotist um, today in our terms, uh, you have to know Thomas Aquinas because of course Scotus is dealing with Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a, a Thomist, you might just think I'm just going to stop it. at Thomas something, not worry about that. So Scotus tend to tend to um, look a little scant at Thomas and say like, look, we have to know you and our guy. You just have to know our, you just have to know your guy. Um, so he would have read Thomas, but at this point it's interesting. People forget that. There has been time since, so when Scotus is in Paris, um, say in, in the you know 1290, 1280, end of the 1280s and the 1290s, and then and then again in the early 1300s, um, Thomas has kind of faded in the background a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, at this point, the secular masters, the diocesan masters, Henry of Ghent and Godfrey of Fontaine, um, and then one of Thomas's students, Giles of Rome, who was an Augustinian. Has been they have in a sense been the next wave. So Scotus is like respond is responding really to these guys after Thomas, um, although they're responding and developing from Thomas. So it's but a they're great, one it's a great conversation. See. They're okay. one down yeah. downhill. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's a new it's a different context um, because they're dealing with uh, problems that Thomas wasn't particularly dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly he wasn't as famous or well known as he is. T- I mean, certainly not as he is today. I mean. It wasn't Saint Thomas Aquinas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's so in the in twelve seventy seven, so not too many years after Thomas died, um, there's actually there's condemnations from Paris. So there's a the Pope asks um, Bishop Tempier uh, to look into some questions about what was happening at Paris and the teachers, uh, basically a version of Aristotelianism, so uh, Western philosophy that was coming over from the Arabic world that was deterministic and was very concerning. Um, and so he hmm. said, well, let's. Um, Look into this and see what the guys are teaching there. They teaching the right stuff. It's just curriculum management stuff, you know, mm-hmm. standard things. Uh, maybe DEI issues back in the 12th, <laughs> 13th century. And uh, Tempier condemns uh, 219. He offers 219 propositions in 1277, and a number of those propositions are actually from Thomas Aquinas. So Thomas Aquinas falls under uh, this. So at this point, and that's where the Dominicans rally around and uh, and get excited about things and start, you know, save his honor. And it it does eventually, you know. It's a complicated history in that time, but at this mm-hmm. point, it's Thomas is not like the common doctor. Right. Um, he's he's one among and one of the greatest among many at this point. But there are a lot of guys vying for how to understand the the faith and respond to new Aristotelian pagan philosophy as it's been re received. So he's one of the conversation privileged conversation partner, but he's not like the the universal the common doctor I should say as we conceive of him today since Attorney Patris. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're about to come up on our break, but I, I guess there's the, the, the friction, at least in today's world. Mm. Is there a friction? Is the friction as uh, apparent back then as what it is today from the SCOTUS and Aquinas? Does that make sense? The question? Think, yeah. about, think about it. Okay. And, and okay. then we'll answer on the other side yeah. of the break. Okay, we're here with Father Bonaventure Chapman, a Dominican from the Dominican House of Studies. We'll be right back. Listen, I know this is going to be a tough sell for you guys, 
But humor me here. This October, hundreds of Catholic men gathered together from around the world at Estes Park, Colorado. Beautiful Estes Park, Colorado in October. It's going to be gorgeous for a five-day adventure dedicated to helping everybody build a better prayer life, forming up virtue and a life beyond Exodus 90, and having brotherly fellowship, getting to know one another, most likely over a pint. Join us, exodus90.com slash the summit. We're going to be there. Dave and I, we're going to be giving a talk. We have a live Catholic Man Show episode there. Join us, exodus90.com slash summit. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, our special guest, Father Bonaventure Chapman. Father Dr. Bonaventure Chapman. That's right. O-P-P-H-D. Yeah, that's right. Could be a rapper name almost. Oh, O P P H D. One of my one of my <laughs> classmates was uh used to do a lot of rap. Um, she used to rap the Athanasian Creed and such. Um, I want to hear it. That sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so. Um, <laughs> I saw a guy recently rapping Dr. Seuss, and it was legit. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's some of that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. It was yeah. pretty good. So yeah. I want to back up, Adam. Oh, you sure. asked a question about yes. friction mm-hmm. between Scotus. And Aquinas. Yeah. But I think we should, like, finish saying who this guy is yeah, before, sure. yeah. before we get, like... That's a good idea. Who, okay. There's this dude who's, like, the Scot. Yeah, yeah. His name John. Is, his name is Brown, like, Dunn, right? Yeah. D- no, Dunce is, I think, a place in Scotland. Wait, is it Dunce? Dunce, yeah. Oh, I thought it's you like said... It's like Dunce Cap. It I thought you said Dunn. Like, no. Dunn. It's like John Dunn. D-U-N-S. Yes. Not okay. John Dunn, but John Dunce Scotus. I'd yeah. probably, if it was personal preference, I'd probably rather be Dunn than Dunce. Yeah. But, you know, you don't, well, remember, you you don't get to choose all things in life. You know, you mm-hmm. sometimes you just get the cards you got. Yeah, and the Dunce cap, I mean, this comes from Dunce Scotus. Uh, it does? He used to wear a funny cap. and uh, it, it literally comes from him. Well, I mean, he didn't wear the funny wizard cap, but the idea of putting on a Dunce cap um, is, is uh, as far as I can tell, um, the the tradition is it comes from yeah you go in the you know put on the dunce cap because they didn't like Scotus and so this was a kind of thing to like quiet him up over there. Uh, okay. I think that's the if people could fact check that, but that's what I, that's the story I've been you told. Know what? And For that's right possible. now, we're going with it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. This, yeah. Is, this is how podcasting goes. Yeah, go get yeah, your just, own podcast. Yeah, you know, like yeah exactly. <laughs> just swing out boldly. You know, <laughs> don't worry, no one's reading the comments, so you can practice, yeah, we don't, we don't have care. to worry about that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um. So so. So he's a Franciscan um, theologian. He spends time in Oxford studying there, uh, then goes to, sorry, Paris, starts in Paris, uh-huh. in his re- in his re- he's a master there. Um, does his, at this time, to be, a, to be a master, you're commenting on Peter Lombard's sentences. So it's a, a collection of basically theological propositions from Augustine, largely, and the tradition. And then you're just writing kind of large commentaries on this. And that's how you prove that you're a, a master. And you keep working on this through your careers. You keep lecturing on these kind of sentences in a way that today we might lecture on the Summa Theologiae. Uh-huh. Right? So St. Thomas is uh, a great work. Uh, that wasn't used until about the 1500s. Uh, the, the sentences, even after Thomas wrote the Summa, um, the sentences are still the main text, the sen- these, these four books of the sentences that everyone kind of comments. And as everyone comments on, it's a nice kind of basic text. It's like in the Protestant world, I guess, like using the Bible. And I'm not saying in the Catholic world, like they replace the Bible with the sentences, but it has the same sense like this was the, if you're doing theology, you're meant to be commenting on these on these books. And they cover the sacraments, God, the Trinity, creation, redemption, human, all that stuff. 
So he's writing all that. He's, he's teaching Oxford on that. And then he finishes his career in, in Paris, comes back. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, he dies relatively young. Mm-hmm. Um, no poison or anything. He just, just dies, you know, people did. Uh, and then it still uh, happens to this day, believe it exactly. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's, but within the school, it's again with Thomas in a sense. He's special. Saint Thomas is special because of the part of the condemnations. The Dominicans just rally around him, and basically, Dominican and Thomism becomes kind of conflated sometimes. Like uh-huh. it's if you're a Dominican, you're obviously a Thomist. If you're a Thomist, you're obviously you know sort of thing. These are connected. So there's only one. I mean, there's Albert the Great, Thomas's teacher, but Albertine Thomism is is not as you know. They rallied around Thomas in its way. Whereas the Franciscan school, I mean, Bonav- St. Bonaventure was, of course, Thomas's contemporary. He was a great master. Uh-huh. And then Scotus shows up. Peter John O'Levy is right before Scotus. And then William of Ockham, your names, you know, if, people know, mm-hmm. if people know Ockham's razor, yeah. you don't multiply things beyond necessity. Aristotle says the same thing. Um, but Ockham, it's popularized with Ockham. Uh, he's a Franciscan uh, master as well. Um, and so there's, there are more Francis- Franciscans don't have like a single master in their theology. They have very different. So even though Bonaventure, Scotus, and uh, Occam have similarities, which we might want to get into about the Franc- difference between Franciscan emphases and say Dominican emphases, or you know, so not just Scotus versus Thomist emphases, but these broader issues. Yet they're still very different in, in uh, on on n- number of things. So there's less coherence or co cohesion you could say to the franciscan intellectual tradition less trial it's less exactly yeah yeah, yeah. the adhesion comes from trial that's adhesion comes from trial yeah, that's trial right. trial is just good for you basically all the way around yeah that's right yeah and they so the for dominicans uh because of the the question, issues of thomas they just circled the wagons um and so this became this kind of you know we protect our guy at all costs yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah franciscans they were more free to well franciscans there's only one dominican Order Franciscans, we they have know. a lot of yeah. They spread around, so it's everything is it's all recapitulated. So what did Scotus do, or what did he write that makes him yeah. significant? Yeah. yeah, so that's a good. If if people know about Scotus, perhaps what he's most significant about for for Catholics um, is his defense of the Macca conception. So this is one of those things where um, uh, Dominicans lost, and uh, and so Thomas lost on this one, and, and Scotus won on this one because Scotus. Uh, argues that Mary is imma- conceived immac- immaculately conceived, and he's kind of the doctor of immaculate conception. This way, he's the people have said this before. It's not like the immaculate conception was impossible, but he's the one who starts to produce really theological arguments that end up being used into the decree uh, itself. Although um, Dominicans are known for saying we were wrong for the right reasons on the immaculate conception, and the Franciscans were right, but for the wrong reasons. Uh-huh. It's not that simple, but um, but Dominicans were. Dominicans are very concerned about uh, how the Immaculate Conception fit in with Christ saving everyone. So how could how could how could obviously Christ has to save every human being? Has you know if you're saved, you have to be saved by Christ's grace. So if Mary's conceived immaculately, like without sin at all, not just mm-hmm. like immediate. Thomas thinks that that's immediate kind of sanctification, but there's a there's a at least a moment you could say, not temporally. Um, that she's conce- that she you know she's conceived with sin, but then immediately sanctified um, in the womb. But so they thought because well Christ has to save Ma- his redemption has to be good for Mary. It's not like Mary gets a free pass. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so Scotus's argument is Scotus is a really deep, dense philosophical thinker. 
as he realized, he says that the kind of the order of of love is different than the order of time. So you can have so God can save, can redeem Mary by Christ's merit that he will do because God sees all things in the same time. And because it's because he can do that, Scotus says, is it fitting that he does that? Theologians oftentimes you don't get demonstrations, particular proofs, but you get are, are th- is something fitting. Yeah. And he says, is it fitting that Mary, being the mother of God in the flesh, would be preserved in this way? He could do it. Is it fitting that he gives honor in this way? It's fitting that way. Therefore, we ought to err on the side of, of, of piety in this way. And so he produces. Yeah. He defends arguments why it's not a problem because of his notion of temporality. Um, and then he says, are there good reasons to think this case? Uh, and he gives the fittingness arguments. And that ends up swaying, at least in some ways, sways the church. Although, if you notice in the in the uh, the decree about it, when it comes out in 1850, um, it has does have kind of a Dominican line about like in virtue of the merits of Christ. So it's it's in there, right? Yeah, it's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but they would know that about Scotus is the immaculate conception. Was Scotus arguing Mary was immaculately conceived, or uh, just arguing for her, her immaculate conception? Once again, from a that's a right fittingness. Yeah, he was. He was arguing for so her he, immaculate conception. So uh, he wasn't saying absolutely she had to be immaculately conceived. Because I think no, I think it's correct. And correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, Aquinas doesn't say she wasn't. He just says that it wasn't necessary. It, yeah, it wasn't, there's a it dispute wasn't on this. Or, so yeah, maybe there's a dispute on this with Aquinas. Um, he it seems like sometimes uh, it seems like he almost o- he almost offers it as it could happen or it's possible or it did happen. His general, it seems like at least uh, the text, uh, the stable text, it seems like he says, eh, "This is really I maybe you know there's always a possibility, but this is really not you know we we should not support this." It's not his opinion. It's not his opinion exactly. Uh-huh. Whereas Scotus, Scotus, this is his opinion. He thinks this is right. Uh-huh. Is that also because he he's not sure when the soul actually. Uh, unites with the body, like these guys would have been the same on uh, roughly on that. Okay, these guys would have been the same on. on they're roughly following this the standard Aristotelian line on that. They would have been the quickening. Yeah, something like that. That's right. That's okay. right. Yeah, yeah. So Scotus is not once again saying she had to be immaculately conceived, but she just no. This is a really was. good point. Um, there's almost nothing for Scotus that had to be done, which we would conceive too. But interesting in the context. Um, so. The condemnations were really against uh, the idea that God had to do certain things. So, the, from the from the Arabic world, God's creation has a sort of necessity to it. From the, at least the Arabic world translation of Aristotle's stuff, so that God becomes this first mover of necessity, um, and that His choice are all necessity. So, Scotus is and the Franciscans are responding to claims of God being forced to do anything, like creation ha- just had to happen. He mm-hmm. had to have a emanation. And these guys are all saying, no, it's it's not, it's it's a it's a free choice. God is free in doing this choice. So Scotus emphasizes freedom, not only in God, but of course in us too, because these guys are being pounding against a strong determinism in God and also in humans. So whenever you so Scotus there's literally nothing. I mean, Scotus is gonna make some radical claims in general about God's freedom and even our freedom. Uh, but it's in the context of trying to fight off at that time, so in the 1290s and the 1300s, uh, fighting off at this intellectual deterministic kind of move of these pure Aristotelians called radical Aristotelians. Mm-hmm. That's a different context than, say, Thomas is working in. He's not worried about in, in that same way. So Scotus cares a lot about the freedom of God and the freedom of freedom of man in a way that doesn't is not as explicit 
in some of the early guys just because they're not having to make it as explicit. But they would, of course, agree. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is a good time to come back to your question, Adam. Okay. About some of the major friction. Mm, yeah. Uh, oh, well, maybe it's not a good time. We'll be back. But this time, this for sure. This time. After the break, we will yeah. come back to it. Yes. Almost, almost assuredly. Yeah. Squirrel. <laughs> this is the Catholic Man Show with Adam Minahan and David Niles. We'll be right back. Wouldn't it be nice right after you get up and you say your prayers in the morning, you could check your phone and get caught up on all things that are happening in the Catholic world? That's exactly what GetTheLoop.com does. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you let them know that we sent you. It's a really easy way to help support the Catholic Man Show because the more people we send to GetTheLoop.com for a free email, it's the only email that Dave ever reads. But by signing up for their email, you're also supporting us because they're supporting our show. This episode is brought to you by GetTheLoop.com. Again, it's the place to go to get daily emails that recap all the big issues from a Catholic perspective. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you tell them the Catholic Man Show sent you. Cheers. (laughs) Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're going to the Holy Land. We're doing it right after Easter this coming year. Next year. This coming year, I guess, is also correct. I think that's a slightly more confusing way to say it, but I'll I'll allow it. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. (laughs) 2025. Yeah. No. 2024. 2024. Uh, Right after Easter. everybody on their toes here. Uh, you can bring your wife. I'm bringing my wife. Jim's coming, and his and Kathy's coming. Jim and Kathy are coming. Uh, I think ha- Haley's coming as well. You've been uh, to the You've been to the Holy Land. Father? I've not. Mm. Yeah, this is your first times. Yes. yes. Oh, can't wait. Fantastic. And we also have uh, our we have locked in our um, chaplain. Yes. Which we've been. I, I think you should announce it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you ready for this? I think you know the guy. I bet you do. I bet you know him. Mm-hmm. I bet you do know him. Do you know who it is? No. Father Patrick Briscoe. Oh, you guys. Third choice, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. That's so, great. Uh, he's, he's a classmate of mine. Wonderful. That's right. Uh, yeah, editor over at uh, OSV, Charge of News, all mm-hmm. that. Dominican uh-huh. lives lives at the House of Studies with me. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, so we're really, we're really pumped to ha- uh, go with him to the Holy Land. It's going to be it's gonna be awesome. So, yeah. selectinternationaltours.com slash Catholic Man Show. Come with us. Uh, Come get holy fun. with us. Yeah. In the yeah. land of holiness. So... Yeah, um, I just made that up just now. You're doing great. Thank T- you. TM. Yeah. yeah, trademark. Uh, and then Jim, what else? Did you, oh, the it's store. It's Christmas time, so it's almost. It's almost. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not almost. Christmas, Christmas in time. July. Christmas in July. Okay. Uh, go check out CatholicManshow.com/store. You can get like a hat like this. Oh, check that out. Yeah. Are Dominicans allowed to wear hats? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll give you a hat. Do you wear hats? Mm. No. We'll give you something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. So we're here with Father uh, Bonaventure talking yeah, about yeah. Uh, John Dunn Scotus. Uh, so the rub, yes, we're, we're the rub, the yes, rub. We're getting to like where is this friction? Oh. Um, yeah, this is great. Uh, this is and great. you you made it sound like that it was like kind of only one way mm-hmm. uh, that it's it kind of like almost like the Eastern Christianity and Catholicism. It's like it seems like it's only one way. 
Um, like one people agree disagreeing with the other people, and the other people are like, like "Hey, it's cool, cool, man." I mean, We're like, good. yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. No, well, so it, I, I guess the difference between like a Scotus historically, and mm-hmm. we'll switch to I guess we should switch to like Scotism. Yeah, I just mean so maybe like Scotus historically on Thomas historically or not, you know, like I mean Scotus is dealing with a different different problem sets we could say, and yet they do so Scotism and Thomism. Um, and the development from those these kind of schools of thought, there is a tension. You could say there's a tension here, um, or at least there's different emphases. And I actually I think it's actually a, a it's a productive tension, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to have uh, people kind of pushing back on things. Yeah. Uh, and I I see it as rooted in actually the Dominican and the Franciscan kind of charisms and emphases, and actually what Saint Dominic focused on and what Saint Francis focused on. And so it's not surprising to me that there should be these kind of this this sort of generative tension, you could say, to this. Ooh, that, that's a good term. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. And uh, so I would say that the tent, and let me play it out in this way, is uh, in the, for Dominicans, uh, the intellect and faith and knowledge are kind of the really, they're the primary things. More focused on it. Yeah, more focused on it. Emph- yeah, em- primary emphasis, aspect, yeah, you could yeah. say emphasis something. So, like, the virtu- we think of Dominicans, you think of the virtue of faith. St. Thomas, at the end of his life, uh, writes a little compendium of theology. People have probably seen this thing, the compendium. And he's going to treat faith, hope, and charity. He does faith, does, like, two chapters of hope, and then it's done. You know, just, yeah, I'm done with this. Um, so, which is kind of like, uh, you know, a, a rec- well, just it, it makes clear the kind of focus on, on the faith. Our model is very toss, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know, and truth mm-hmm. is in the intellect. Yeah. So we care a lot about, and we always talk about, um, you know, you can't, you can't love what you don't know sort of thing. And uh-huh. so it's, so th- there's this, and then the beatific vision, of course, is the kind of, big, so like, Thomas is known for this sort of stuff. So, so Dominicans tend to focus on, on the powers of knowing. I mean, Thomas is the angelic doctor just because of his penetrating insight into things. Um, the Franciscans, you could say, are more on the side of, of loving. They come less, not the intellect, but they focus on, on the will, not the exclusion of the intellect, just like, for instance, Thomas doesn't say will doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the Franciscans tend to be working on, on the will side of things. Uh, they tend to be working on, on loving this sort of thing, and their key virtue, you could say, is charity. So that that, that this is the actual the love of God uh, that, that focuses all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a sense, I was thinking about this with like with like a, a loved one. You know, these are two aspects that you want to you want to have both of these things. You want to, when you have a loved one, I suspect you you want to see their face, his or her face, right? Mm-hmm. You want to mm-hmm. hold, you know, you hold someone, and then you want to embrace to unite. But it's a back and forth. Like you couldn't, you don't just always hug your wife. I suppose you want to look at her too, right? Mm-hmm. You want to mm-hmm. see her. The face is. So you want to know her, but then you want to love, her, sort of thing. We do this, and it's back and forth. Yeah. And I think the Francis, the the Tom, Franciscans, the Dominicans, are helpful in point both these things, and that, in a sense, Thomism and Scotism, uh, are related to and stem from these kind of difference. So you're going to see tensions with. Uh, how Scotists conceive of God's freedom uh, with, more importantly, man's freedom and things uh, versus a Dominican conception of this. For if you're a Dominican, you get really scared that Scotists care, Scotists care a lot about freedom. In fact, it'd make it too much. In fact, it sounds almost like modern 
conceptions of freedom. In fact, if you're really nasty, you could blame SCOTUS for modernity. This happens, mm. right? Whereas okay. if you're a, if you're a SCOTUS, you look at Dominicans, you think you guys, you're kind of determinists. You're kind of not believe you don't believe in freedom. Your morality is set for this world, not for the next, because you care about happiness in this life. And you just yeah, you mentioned beatitude, but you really mean the virtues, and the virtues are from Aristotle. And Aristotle's about full functioning, living in this life. And Aristotle doesn't recognize the saints. He has no understanding of of saintly sacrifice. So you're just guys are kind of pagan determinists you're spinozists right so they, i think that would be an unfair argument because <laughs> even though aristotle talks about the virtues the virtues aren't from aristotle right you know right macrobius of course but but um <laughs> but yeah, aristotle but aristotle is the is the is the man of virtue on this certainly um, and it sets up the but like a and and aristotle doesn't have a good account of of, of the will really it's only augustine saint augustine who brings in mm-hmm. will to, the, to western thought so you might for aristotle the will doesn't really show up personality doesn't personality doesn't show up here's one more distinction the intellect cares about universals so the intellect cares about what is something, you know, mm-hmm. it's this, this, this. Whereas love seems to care more about particulars. You yeah. love something particular. And for Dominicans, we tend to focus on, and tom- Thomism tends to focus on universal aspects of things, right? That, you know, that scientific thing, abstract, more abstract things. Whereas Scotus, they're going to care about, no, no, there's everything in the fact for Scotus is an individual and is essentially an individual, in this way. So he has a very strong claim to particularity as opposed to universality. Now, they have to be both, but it's a question of the emphasis on that. And I think that's because, again, Scotus is focused so much on loving, and you love particular things where you know universals mm-hmm. and through particulars mm-hmm. through experience of abstract universals in our sense. But you love, you know, I love pies. You love pies, individual I- pies, but like pie as a form. You know, this kind of thing. Uh, no, no, you love particulars. And so Scotus focuses on, and, and you might, too much so, you might think. But you might say the Dominican side, too little so. You know, mm. that kind of stuff. So I'm these just, I'm just over here set up the tensions like, here. I do love individual pies, but I have Eros for pie. Just pie. Yeah. <laughs> 3.14159. Yeah. 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 Maybe uh, that, but maybe that sets up at least the, the kind of the framework. And if you want to, we can go in and talk about specifics. Yeah. On so, that. so. Aquinas, his notion of the you know the person is that the intellect yeah. knows things and that the intellect informs the will. Yeah, that's right. Whereas Scotus is, in, is suggesting that the will isn't necessarily a you know something that's like on the leash of the intellect. It's free to do its own thing apart from. Well, this is a good point. Knowing. So, so this is a good point between. Um, and people, you, your listeners might be familiar. If they're not familiar, it's a new, it's a good word for them. In, in difference between intellectualists and voluntarists. Uh, so voluntarism is volos from the, the vole, the the will. So focus on the will, and then intellectualism is of course the intellect. So to uh, intellectus focus on the intellect. So basically, when in acting virtuously or morally, mm-hmm. you're acting morally. Um, is it reason that determines what you ought to do? Or is it the will that determines what you ought to do? Like, which one, which one do we focus on? Thomas, following uh, Aristotle, his conception generally is that reason, reason reason gives you, you decide what is the good in the situation. You bring in, you do practical judgment. You mm-hmm. know, what, I'm, what, what is my end? This sort of stuff. And then the will kind of just follows along with that. So, that, so if there is error, 
if there's sin, it's in the the judgment you the practical judgment you've made a mistake and you've you've thought this was good for you, but it's not it wasn't really good for you. You made a mistake. And so your will just follows the practical judgment. It's in a sense necessitated by. Right? As you can see where this is the worried about in the why the condemnations come down. And that's not Aquinas doesn't necessarily say this, but his people following him do, Godfrey of Fontaine's. Um, so then, but on Scotus' side, he says, fight off this, this, wait a minute, it's not the, the intellect that makes the judgment is wrong, and therefore your sin is based upon like an error, a mathematical right. mistake. It's that you, through your will, you choose not to follow the right, right. decision in that way. So he focuses on the, on the fact that it's, error has to be for, for, for sin or goodness, has to be in choosing the right thing, not in not as choosing just isn't like a follow through of good, you know, well, good thinking. All right, now you chose something well. Mm-hmm. So he's focused on he focused on that aspect of it, which gives a different coloring, you could say, yeah. to what the moral act. Because a mistake is not a sin. If you just intellectualize, if you think about it wrong, and you still you tried to make the right choice, but you were just wrong. Yeah, that wouldn't be a sin. No, well, we have to have <laughs> full knowledge that you've made a sin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Catholic Man Show, Adam and David Niles here with Father Bonaventure. We'll be right back. We are going to the Holy Land, and we want you to come with us. Next year, during the Easter octave, from April 3rd to the 14th, 2024, for 12 days, we will be in the Holy Land. And we would love for you and your wife and your family to come with us. We're only going to take one bus. A lot of pilgrimages take multiple buses, but we want this to be an intimate uh, opportunity for us to pray together, to eat together, to drink together, to have fun, but also to grow closer to our Lord. So check out selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. Sign up today. Again, we're only going to take one bus, so it will fill up. Selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, Father Bonaventure Chapman. That's me. Dominican House of Studies. We're going commercial free for the rest of the for the rest of the show. Oh, yes. How about that? Well, pretty we, exciting. Yeah, that's the fourth segment. So yes, commercial free from here on out. Hold your hats, which you bought from the Catholic Man Show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, so I think that was a good uh, mm. a good distinction to be made. Um, so we uh, we got to have breakfast yesterday morning. We talked all about about this and. Mm. I've kind of gone back and forth in my mind. At first, I was like, no, it has to be the intellect has to be like the primary. And then like since then, I've kind of like, oh, maybe it's not. And then at the end, I arrived. It's like, you know what? It's just both. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, and, and this is something you said. It's like, well, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, you know, uh, your faculties don't make mm-hmm. mis- don't commit sins. People do. Yeah, yeah. And we say facu- faculties, we mean like the faculty of the intellect, so the capacity yes, of the thank intellect, you. and the faculty of the will. Uh-huh. So it's we. It's easy, and this is, if you read the literature and stuff, almost you have to make this a little, when you're talking about what's called faculty psychology, the, so the soul's account is by, made up of these faculties, faculties of feeling, imagination, uh, sensation, willing, intellect, all this. You always put a little rider on the start that says, now I'm going to speak as if the faculty's doing something and choosing 
and and knowing. <laughs> it doesn't. The person knows this. So, but just let you know. And then you go ahead and talk as if this, because it's just too complicated to say, well, we know through, you know, but technically, yes, you, the person is the one, the agent, uh, the yeah, actor is right. this. And we do through these faculties. Uh-huh. And so in a sense, it's not like, you can get the sense of, if you're from SCOTUS and your worry might be, well, if the will gets to choose whatever it wants, it's got this little mind of itself and it says, I don't like that. You know, I, you said, you said I should do this, but I'm not going to do that. Then who's in charge of so you've got this thing in you that's the will. Well, who's who what, governs? How that? do you relate to that exactly? Right. Um, or the intellect? It's it's less clear because we tend to associate with the intellect. But you could think like there's this little guy that just a silly mathematician who does stuff, and I just have to follow him whatever he says. Yeah, like that's crazy. No, it's you through your. So you're, these are these are powers. The faculty is of course fac- facultas, so it has kind of power sense to it. These are mm-hmm. a, ways that our soul uh, acts, and. Yes, both are actually necessary. So both Thomas and Scotus think that you have to have, and Thomism and Scotism, so you have to have, when you act morally, mm-hmm. you have to have both intellect and will functioning, mm-hmm. right? We know this from the definition of sin. You just have to know, you have to know it and will it, you know, and, has to, and if it's mortal sin, it has to be grave matter. So you need both of these things. I think what these guys are doing, and it's important to remember the historical context, is uh, Thomas is just working on, on what it means to, to know, and think about actually to reason to good action and such. Whereas Scotus is basically tasked, as all the theologians were at that time, with trying to fight off determinism. And the, in, the intellectuals account that, hey, if I've made the right judgment, as you say, just a mathematical or whatever, you know, this is a good, here it is, I, deserve, I should do goods, therefore I should choose this. Well, that's just a, you could do a practical syllogism as a demonstration, it's not like there's no choice there. It just follows one premise from the other, right? It's a mathematical mm-hmm. proof. Yeah. And then so choice is responding to that. So, but where's the freedom? Because we have to be free. Otherwise, well, it's traditionally conceived, as at least in the Christians, and I would say the correct understanding, that if there's no freedom in some sense, um, then you can't be held responsible. You don't make, you don't, if your kid does something wrong, but they didn't have a cho- they didn't have ability not to do something wrong, you know. You don't blame them. It's like your kid. You have a small you know small child or something, and you say, "Oh my gosh, I've got this hundred pound weight, this hundred pound you know jar here. Jar here. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. delicate. I'm gonna give it to my my daughter Anna. Yeah. Um, and you know she can't hold it. Right. And yeah. she drops it, and you're like, you're grounded for life. How dare you? Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's just necessary based upon the the conditions that she's gonna drop this thing, unless mm-hmm. it's a miracle. And you might think in the same way, if if it's just the intellect, if the if if the will just follows the intellect, it's it's whatever the judgment is, and doesn't have you could say the choice, and it's you having the choice with your will. But we speak again about the will having the choice, then there's no freedom there. That's the concern. That was the that was the concern that Thomas's account, at least when it was radicalized, led to this notion of intellectual determinism in God, because God just sees the best possible thing, and therefore he has to do something. He's not free to create and love. Um, there's no love in that. And we, our intellects, insofar as they grasp things, and the will just follows whatever judgment is, well, there was no freedom in that. So Scotus and the Franciscans are fighting back on the other side and saying, mm. no, no, the, the intellect presents, but you have you have freedom mm-hmm. to choose against even what you judge to be the best right yeah and i do think that there's a certainly like i come into this conversation with a notion that the intellect is superior or primary mm-hmm. and i think part of that is because um i associate 
intellect with personhood. Okay, yep. because animals Rational. have... Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. They, oh, the angels, well, they're pure intellect. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. but they also have a will. Right. Okay, so they're not pure intellect if they also... I mean... It's, they, we tend to... Yes, no, it's very important. We, think, we tend they're to They're not think, corporal. That's yes, what we mean. And we talk about... When we talk about rational rational uh, animals, we're rational animals and they're rational spirits, and we tend to think rational as in reason means yes, intellect only. Right. But of course the will, even for... They have a for, rational will. Yeah, but it's, it's called a rational appetite. Uh-huh. So we have a rational... And just like there are... Like animals have some kind of... They don't have cognitive ability, but they have some kind of ways of judging and measuring estimate of powers. Uh, and we don't. We just tend to think well, that's not even close to the intellects or whatever. It's the same thing with their desires. We tend to think, well, they have wills, no, not, not a free will. They right. Don't have it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. They act on instinct. We uh-huh. have that. They have estimative powers in the sense of like sizing things up, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's not the intellect can't abstract, and it's not the will because it can't freely choose. But you're right. We tend to because of how we think of rational and being reason. We immediately think, well, actually, intellect and knowledge is what really makes us distinct. And that's personhood almost. And so it's like, yeah, I think I kind of have to remember that. No, no, there's more. I'm more than just an intellect. And in fact, you might even think that, like, what makes you, on uh, this with the Franciscan tradition, which I think might be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very desirous of it, in that uh, I think loving is more, loving is what, I mean, charity is the thing we're going to have. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it's the thing, that, and, and that freedom and moral action is more human than calculation and abstract knowledge, so that the saint and the lover of God is more valuable and more human than just the knower, you could say, and the pure philosopher sure. of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that these, that actually, even though we think, associate immediately, that reason is, you know, an intellect is what we are as a human, you might actually be, uh, that actually more, better to say is we're more really lovers, mm-hmm. rational, lo- rational lovers, um, than just rational knowers, you could say. Yeah. You're right, I think that is a, a better distinction when you compare us to the animals, okay, it's like, oh well, we're rational, but well, more importantly, we're lovers. Yeah, we're no, we we are. And this is the thing, you know, we describe some objects. You describe functionally, like what they do. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, you know, uh, um, a, well, Hoover in England, in England a Hoover, you know, a sweeper mm-hmm. is is a Hoover, and you Hoover with it. Uh-huh. We what's that thing you open cans with? We call it a can opener. You know, we we sometimes describe things as what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, we often talk we're rational animals or featherless bipeds. Um, but really, we're knowers and lovers. Like that's, and we're the, we're the things that we're embodied knowers and lovers. That's the only thing in the world because you know angels aren't embodied. Uh-huh. They're knowers and lovers, but that embodied God doesn't. God. Some is of them spirit. have feathers, though. I've seen the pictures. Um, that's the thing. Some yeah. look like, you know, the funny part is angels. Whenever we depict angels, I thought the little cherubs, like they're little like sweet children. You're like these. Angels are not sweet children. They're like the most powerful, free, right. and rational things. And that just a little child is like me. I wonder how they feel about that. Because I think they don't feel if anything. you were to see one, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. What they, what they think about what that. Are they, what they intellect about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I think if we were to see one, if hypothetically, I know you can't see one because they don't. They can manifest themselves if, by if grabbing we could, sand. Whatever it is that you do in heaven. Yeah. I think they, they would be terrifying you know well, i mean biblically that's what happens yeah, every I time mean, an angel comes in everybody's like, scared ah! to death <laughs> yeah there's a beautiful um i don't know if you know but this man i think it's henry tanner uh he has his he has enunciation it's really because the enunciation is a classic where you're going to depict angels mm-hmm. um and Fran has beautiful ones but my favorite yeah. i think is is a uh, henry i think it's henry tanner uh he's he has a, a he's a catholic artist he is this enunciation is in 
the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Uh, and it's beautiful because Mary's sitting in, in, in a bed, it's, uh, you know, sitting by her bedside or something. Um, and the angel is just this bright shaft of light, a bit like those, these, these lights back here. It has this preternatural, supernatural feel to it. It's just this flaming mm-hmm, light, mm-hmm. but not in like a silly way, in mm-hmm. a real... And, you th- you, and I have this cool experience of it. You look and you say, well, that can't be an angel. I mean, it doesn't have wings and whatever. And it's one of those, well... It could be just as much that. In fact, that might be. It's probably a better. It's a better representation a than conception of it. Yeah, anyway. exactly, exactly. So I think that's that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so I have a question though to go back. To, yeah. Because it seems like for the uh, intellectualists, I guess, or the Thomist idea, yeah. if it, like the syllogism, like they can't choose wrong, right? It's almost like because it's a mathematical equation. The error would be in the in yeah in the, in the in, you'd made you would have made a, an error in your log in the logic the practical syllogism we call it so the pra- instead of the theoretical syllogism a mathematical the- syllogism would be you know uh, theoretical um, mathematics don't have, doesn't have feeling uh, but the practical syllogism what to do mm-hmm. your error would be in in making an error of judgment in the, there that your will then you know because your will ratifies that that's the standard claim again so, so you couldn't like choose e- uh, like a, a, a a, a lower good over a higher good necessarily unless you couldn't know distor- it unless you exactly that's the thing is that on the on the intellectualist account mm-hmm. which is which is makes it sound like necessary necessary is because um you can only choose in what you know mm-hmm. and so you must not you must have made a mistake but it, you think it's the best and this is well we do find this all the time right mm-hmm. we do think hey apparent good you know, I think this is good, but it's turns out to be wrong about that. That is our experience, but not always. Right. Okay, so uh, we're running out of time on the radio. Go check us out at thecatholicmanshow.com. You can, we're going to continue this conversation with Father Bonaventure Chapman. I think you're even going to uh, hang out with us for another episode. That's true. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Okay, so if it's if from the Thomas under, or perspective, mm-hmm. yep. uh, so you can only choose if you're choosing a lesser good over a higher good. It's only because it's a distortion of understanding. Because you, you think it's a higher you, good. You think it's a higher good when it's, it's not a, truly exactly. But if it's a uh, if you're from a Scotus point of view, you actually have the intellect. You, you reasoned it out: two plus two equals four. But then you have the your will can actually choose no, not four, but five. Yeah, well, um, it can't choose it. So this is the. It can desire five. It can it it desires it desires all you know we all desire it responds to the goods and so it can say I desire this so <clears throat> you know it it is good that it would be good for me to to eat you know three hamburgers or whatever in a day. Um, it also be a good in a way for me to eat five hamburgers in a day. And the question is the practical soldiers can say well bringing all the kind of things conditions of sickness and all this kind of stuff. Um, this is the the better good is this sort of thing. Right, and then for so the better good is to eat three instead of five. Okay, say so that's true, and say that's that also tracks reality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've made the right decisions on that, uh, and then so you've you've made the right syllogism, and then your decision is based on well, that just is, that's the better one, therefore, sort of thing. Whereas Scotus says, <clears throat> I need the will. There has to be some freedom through the will, because freedom of the intellect just doesn't. The intellect really isn't free. I'm free, uh, and my choices are free. But like my reasoning, really, it's weird. It doesn't. Freedom seems the wrong category to describe the reasoning process. 
So Skoda says, hmm. it must be the case that I can reason to this conclusion. It'd be better for me to have three than five. That's better. All things considered. But it is still good for me to have five under some aspects, right? But I know it's not the best, but I'm going to choose that. I have the power to choose against mm. my better judgment in this way. Um, he has this. Now, of course, this is a phenomenological experience. This is what we, we kind of do experience. And it sounds, like, it sounds like I'm basically saying, well, I mean, you have to be a SCOTUS if you believe that you know what you ought to, you know you ought to not do this, but you choose to do this otherwise. No, to miss... Thomas have an account of how you explain this thing. It's about how the apparent good is is a, appears under a particular way because of the passions and in the moment of choice, this kind of stuff. Okay, so because you can you know waffle on some things too. You might think eh, it's better than this. So the, Thomas does have an account of you know it's not like a Thomas can't account for the phenomenology, mm-hmm. our experience of like I know I should tell the truth here, but not going to you mm-hmm. know this sort of thing. This so in some ways there's an experience of what it is to choose wrong or choose well. Mm-hmm. And then you have two kind of, let's peel back layers, deep, deep, deeper. And the, and eventually, Thomas and Scotus carry on for a while, but eventually there's this final divergence at some point when Thomas says, well, look, at the end of the day, the error made is in your judgment. You said, you somehow decided to yourself that this was the true good mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the Scotus says... Knowing better. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Scotus says... At the end of the day, I've, it's got to be the will that makes the mistake. The fault is in the will. It's got to be through the will that you make your mistake. It's not in the intellect. It doesn't need. It can be. You can make mistakes about that. But at the end of the day, you're blameworthy because of your because you've used your freedom poorly, not because you've used your intellect poorly. See, now I think that's what I think. <laughs> because like, if you get a math problem wrong, it's not a sin. Right, if you're, yeah, unless you ought to get it right or something. Unless you, well, but see, here's another, here's a good point, and so this is what, and so wait, here, let I me. I might leave this conversation <clears throat> confused, but it'll, it's okay. I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good, and and you, I'm gonna, so it, it, I'm gonna again sound like Skoda sounds really good. You know, it sounds like he's, yeah, this is, oh, there's something about this. It's totally uh-huh. right, but you might think, oh no, this is just the distinction between is and oughts, and distinction between like what you know, dis- fact claims. Mm-hmm and value claims. And you think, oh no, wait a minute. Scotus is keeping the intellect and the will together, but the will's just kind of sliding off. It's the power that's kind of got its own little autonomy. It has its, it is a self mover. You know, mm-hmm, it, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't just take orders from the intellect, but it takes information from the intellect and then, you know, through the will. Well, as we get further and further away, all of a sudden you have, well, there's facts out there, but, Moral decisions have nothing to do with descriptive ises. They're about oughts. And so w- don't bring me your natural law argument about what human nature is because that doesn't have anything to do with moral claims about the will and choosing. That's in freedom. And that's based upon non-descriptive theoretical claims. And then you might go, let me grab Thomas again. Let me try to bring back the error. Maybe... Because, you know, it could be that in abortion, for instance, you've just made an error about what that thing is. We do, we're always banging on about, hey, this is, don't call it a fetus, call it a human being. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And you could say, oh, I don't, who cares? That's a theoretical claim. Morality is based in the will. And that's what you, you know, you, SCOTUS. And you're like, oh, no. So you see, this is why I think, again, what I said, mm-hmm. um, 
we are, we individuals, uh, persons, are both knowers and lovers. Now, God's simple, so knowing and loving for him are, of course, the same thing, the same, right? Yeah. But anything other than God is not simple. It's complex. And this is where, for us, I think, the rubber hits the road that we are, we are complex in this way that we are both knowers and lovers, and there is this ununifiable tension. Mm-hmm. Is and oughts are different kind of things. That is something. I ought to do something. But at the same time, we want to keep them together and related to each other and telling that stories the tricky part and that's where a Thomas is going to say yeah I want to go from I want to keep it close and go from this angle and the Scotus is going to say I want to go from this angle but the important is they're not identical and the other important part is they're not separate mm-hmm. so I think that and I think that's why the Scotus and the Thomas tradition both are necessary as kind of two lungs you could say to remind us because we're both knowers and lovers and you if when you emphasize one you know it's just like if I look to the left I'm necessarily not looking to the right. If I'm talking to you, Dave, I'm necessarily not talking to Adam at the moment. I've got to switch back and forth because of, mm-hmm. you know, silly space. You know, it's in the same way. When I talk about the knowledge and focus on the intellect, I'm going to necessarily kind of be just taking my eye off for a second on the will. If I focus on the will, I'm going to be taking my eye off just a second off the intellect. Mm-hmm. So together, I, this practice up, by the way, in a beautiful tradition. Um, so for, on the Dominican feast, the feast of St. Dominic, uh, traditionally, Franciscans come and preached in the Dominican convents. So the tradition goes really? way back. And then on the feast of, of Holy Father, Fr- and we call him, we call him, we call Holy Father Dominic, uh, and we call Holy Father Francis, Holy Father Francis as well. And so even though he was a deacon, but Holy Father in the sense of revered founder. Um, and so on his feast day, October fourth, uh, Dominicans will go out and preach to the Franciscans about Francis. So on Saint Dominic's day. Uh, Franciscans will come and preach to us about Dominic, uh, and on 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 uh, Francis today we'll go preach to my friends. And I think that to me is that's like, really great. It's beautiful because it reminds us that actually like we need both and you're, knowing, loving, and we're responding to each other. In, you know, yeah, and fostering piety for each other's founders. Exactly. You know? Well, Dante, I was talking to you. Think about this, Adam. Mm-hmm. Like Dante has this in in the Paradiso. Of course, it's it's a uh, Saint Thomas who introduces. Do we in fact check this? But I think it's right. Mm-hmm. Saint Thomas introduces Francis to us, uh, and Saint Bonaventure introduces Saint Dominic to us. Oh, really? Because you have it even mm-hmm. even incarnated in that in that kind of poet, the poetic form there. Okay. But I think there's something so. And you say, well, what about the Jesuits? <laughs> Leave them alone. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I think it's it's just it's it, there's something to my mind why so we can make the tensions between you know. Ah, Thomas, Scotus, and all this, but I, I think it's you know it's it's hard work to keep together both of them, but I think they're necessary to both keep in there because they're bringing out different aspects that are are both mm. true, and we can f- miss the we can miss the the you know the the forest for the mm-hmm. for the trees by focusing on specific and there's plenty of differences we could go into this stuff, but I that on this particular on the will and the intellect and how that relates intellectual versus voluntarism, I think. If you go, if you focus too much on intellectualism, you tend you can fall into like determinism. If you focus too much on the voluntarism, then you can fall into like a radical freedom mm-hmm. kind of thing. But rather, if these guys, if Dominicans and Franciscans kind of keep just kind of working with each other, as they did in Paris and these masters, when they'd have this the two of chairs working with each other, mm-hmm. then that's where that generative tension comes in. Because in our own lives, we're knowers and lovers, and we're trying to love better what we know and know better what we love. And it's always holding, looking at the face, 
embracing, yeah. holding, embracing. It's a d- dynamic in that movement. I just think that's that's uh, it's necessary to have both. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a desire. I can feel in myself to put things in nice boxes. You yeah. know, to say, okay, where do you know? Like, I committed a sin. Where does it like? Who can I blame for this? Was it my will? Was it my my intellect? Was it my fill in the blank? You know. Yep. I want to passions, have passions, whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. I, oh, I, I always blame my passions. <laughs> they're generally, <laughs> they're, they're generally the issue. Yeah. Right or wrong. That's what I do. Uh, yeah. but you know, I want to be able to put it in a neat box, but I think we just have to remember like what we said already is that we're persons. Persons commit mm-hmm. sins. Yes. You know, so it's sort of like, uh, a person gives birth to a person, not a nature, right? Like, yep. yep. Christ, right. Christ wasn't born particularities. from Mary's human nature. Christ was born from a human person, yes. right? And that's, that's the centrality of persons. And I think this is, of, uh, maybe there's another point. But is, I mean, I don't know if we have another five hours to do. But we do. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so Scotus, Scotus and the Franciscan tradition uh, brings this, this kind of person aspect of it. This is why, in since you see this with Francis, he, uh, he loves particular things, um, but he loves the crash. He's the first one that sets the nativity because he loves this kind of, in, the inc- he's the master of the incarnation, right? And so for him, it's about God becoming a, becoming a human, you know, uh, I'm sorry, it's not a human person, he's a divine person, but, uh, yeah, you know. Taking on a human nature. Yeah, digging on a human nature. He's a human being, you know, it depends how you count how You, count you have to be very this. careful. There's a lot, look, there's minefields, this is skill and Charybdis, but they're very right. close this I, time. I basically never talk about the Trinity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's just one plus one equals one, equals th- uh, one. so yeah. But uh, no, I think person natures are, tr- are, are, yeah, they are distinct, but, and you want to be careful with this, but like he, uh, Francis cares about that little baby. He cares about, you know, Whereas, say, Dominic cares about, I mean, he cares about all, all these things too, but Dominic has his, like, he has, he's reflecting, contemplating on God, and for the beatific, he's aiming for this sort of thing, he has this, this whereas Francis has it like, give me this baby, mm-hmm. who is God, this sort of thing. And the Franciscan emphasis on the particularity, uh, and the personhood, I mean, it, it, Fr- Scotus brings this out so clearly, much clearly, I think, than Thomas does about the individuality of the person. Again, you can focus too much on the individuality, mm-hmm. but his emphasis on that we are, you know, you are unique. Mm-hmm. Scotus has a real way to say that that's extremely robust, whereas a Thomist, it's not quite as, you could say, robust in that way. Um, and that's, th- But I think that stems again from Scotus just trying to be faithful to Francis in a way that Thomas is being faithful to Dominic. They're mm-hmm. both beautiful. Yeah, the, the, oh. uh, I was just going to say, this may sound like a pejorative, but it's not. Uh, but it's, Ooh, uh, I'm excited. Uh, but yeah. it sounds almost like that. Like the Thomas aspect is like the idea of like a, a masculine I- idea, mm. right? Because you're thinking about universals. Like This is sexist. Yeah. I already know. Uh, but the, the, the Franciscan is more the feminine idea, like particulars, like yeah. the person. Would you say that if there was a Franciscan in the room with us right now? Yeah, because but the, be- <laughs> the beauty of it actually is, is when they're both married together. Yes, I keep and, thinking and about see, a marriage. You uh, see, you see them yeah. both coming together, right. to, to creating a whole. The complementarity you need right. this sort of thing. Right. That, wait, I th- when I mean, I I think that JP two is helpful in this, um, in that the complementarity in men and women that it's we're not women aren't deficient men. They're necessary. They they are 
Women and men, whatever we say about them, women are definitely better. I mean, I don't think oh, that there's. Oh, far superior. We I talk, mean, we talked about this. Um, yeah, women, women are women are I perfect. Think so. Women are perfect by just uh, being given a good start because of the macro conception. Whereas men need to have a divine nature strapped to them to be perfect. Um, so it's just like that's just a, <laughs> you know, we just didn't have a shot on. We didn't have a shot on this. God's like, you know, Mary, I'm just gonna just get you restarted. Good to go. You know, so yeah, if you e- think the e- Mary failed, restart. <laughs> yeah. Good to go. Adam, you failed. Can't even restart. I'm just coming there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna have to keep this. I'm gonna have to hold this guy the entire time. Now that's. I mean, it's it's, it's a hypostatic union, so he's not like holding or wearing male nature, human nature as as a man or something like this. But but like the perfect man, I was like, oh, Jesus is the perfect man. You're like, yeah, it's kind of unfair though. He's got he's, he's the perfect divine <laughs> yeah, nature. Yeah, he's God. Whereas Mary is the perfect woman, and, and she was like, there's nothing God about just her. Just a creature. Note to Protestants. <laughs> yeah, right. Mary is not God. Um, she but she's perfect. She's sinless. It's beautiful. So no, I think. But I like that i'm i think in a time when when we especially today again this is another reason why it's good to have both these guys i think and be attentive to both of them is because these differences between gender are are not like act are disappointing or accidental but rather i think they reflect the fundamental differences yeah. in i think again this is going to sound bad the knowing and loving faculty like this is knowing and loving for right. me carves real deep metaphysically and i think it gets it's expressed in lots of ways and one of it i think is is the feminine genius and the masculine genius, ma- men tend to, you know, some sort of abstract, universal kind of stuff, whatever. Um, and women are, are, yeah, in particular because they're, they're sensitive, they're attentive to the particular situation and such. And the person, you know, this is men, men tend to be focusing on objects. Their intellectual life is mm-hmm. set up for this sort of stuff, um, which are objects are by necessity, kind of a, a category. Whereas women are set to persons, they have to raise they're designed physiologically, biologically, psychologically, emotionally to, to raise a person. I'm designed to move a rock, yeah. you know? And so both these, but I think to, to put them there, and maybe it's not surprising, this is just total wild speculation, but it's good memory trick, that SCOTUS would be the defender of the macro conception, the highest form of and dignity given Indeed. to a woman. Mm-hmm. Indeed. You know, mm-hmm. because of particular. So I think that's, that, no, it is a good answer. And we, I think we ought to, without separating the genders and, uh, and sexes so much that like, you know what? But we ought to glory in the fact that these are two different, distinct, you could say, aspects mm-hmm. or modes of of human beings, and both are necessary to each other to make each other better. And by ma- making those distinctions, you're glorifying them. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, because they're different. Well, you can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't. You can't glorify something unless you can separate it from something. Right. You know. So like, I can't hold something up unless I can take it away from what something else. Right. And so when we combine them, I think modernity, modernity strives to reductionism and monism, this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And instead, I think it's some qualified dualism in the sense of man and woman as being distinct, you know, real mm-hmm. distinct aspects of the human nature that none of them is re- not reducible to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is some reminder today that it's it's very this really brass tacks. Um, that it, it it matters that you're a woman mm-hmm. and it matters that you're a man and if you're if you if we don't have both these things we will not be fully humans mm-hmm. not to ourselves or our society or even re- that we will not I don't think we'll be able to relate to God correctly because you have to relate to God by knowing and loving and we need the other to teach us each one of those and help us assist in that mm-hmm. yeah that's absolutely true yeah just g- like these kinds of conversations give me a lot of uh, just gratitude. Um, like just make me like really feel how awesome God is, right? That he put his thumbprint on every single thing, okay? You know, there's this compliment, gener- generative complementarity mm-hmm. in the Trinity, and uh, it's in his creation, like sub-levels mm-hmm. deep. You know, even here we're talking about 
like meta, our will meta deep yeah meta deep that's right yeah, yeah. like the meta will deep. and the the intellect <laughs> still have this generative complementarity um, yeah. and that you just find it at every level and it's well the problem it's just amazing the fundamental philosophical t- uh, problem you could say or one of the, maybe perhaps the tradition is the question of the one and the many how the one relates to the many and many relates to the one and i don't think it's wrong to say that that's that's a fundamental aspect of reality because god is 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 the unity of the one and the many mm-hmm. and that there's whenever he when he creates uh it re- that one and many reflections be there and it's going to be in sometimes intention but about peace and harmony and, and sanctification means bringing the one and the many those things together in harmony mm-hmm. whether it be intellect and will man woman body soul all these kind of ones and many's we are one even though we have a body and soul, mm-hmm. we are one human nature. Even though we have men and women, mm-hmm. we are one soul. Even though we have a knowing a mind and you know an intellect and a will, these kind of the generative aspects there that again, as you say, stamp out from the from from God and are aimed to by realizing that and trying to unite them, getting closer to God's Himself in His being this one and many aspect. So I I I, I want to warn people or maybe like give a. Uh, um like a, basically a warning of if somebody says, uh, oh, I want to go read more about Scotus. Yes. Like, well, he, based off of like what I've read, he does not read like Aquinas. Yeah. He, he's a little bit more, he, he's difficult to read. Uh, oh, and makes, people think Aquinas is hard to read. Man, yeah. Aquinas is a piece of cake after Scotus. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like, wow, this is, so where would you suggest yeah. like to start, where's the launching point? Launching point. Uh, luckily, it's a good, good, this wouldn't be true a couple years ago, but there's a great gift to the uh, to to all people who want to know anything about Scotus. And it's actually it's a beautiful book. It's one of the uh, people might know, for instance, to know Aquinas. They might read G.K. Chesterton's The Dumb Ox. Mm-hmm. Uh, just absolutely brilliant. Um, and there's a book that just came out on Scotus called The Introduction to. It's ordered by love, which you see right there. Mm-hmm. Intellect and will order by love. This sort of thing. Ordered by Love, Introduction to John, Blessed John Don Scotus. It's by uh, Professor Thomas M. Ward. He's a uh, professor at Baylor. Uh, he's got a fantastic mustache. He's a really great mm. guy. He's just fantastic. Mm. Um, and he's a Scotus, Scotus expert. And he produced, it's very short. It's it's meant for, it's meant to kind of be like the Chesterton. He ta- he he wanted to call it, you know, t- Chesterton calls uh, Thomas, the you know, that he has the dumb ox. And he wanted to call it the tonsured eagle. <laughs> so Scotus is the tonsured eagle because he's he's got these he makes these distinctions, but as a, as a friend, it's beautiful. I, that's a beautiful image, but it is very approachable. Uh, it gets you, if, but it's not just like it's rant. It's not just devotional literature. Uh, it's it's heavy. He's got great philosophy. He's making mm-hmm. all the philosophical points. If you want to understand the formal distinction, hexaity, uh, incarna- incarnation, salvation, lesser unities, um, in, uh, the analogy versus uh, university of the concept, concept of being, all the kind of mm-hmm. things that we that we didn't talk about, like the tensions, you know, between Thomas and Scotus. It's all in there, but it's in there in an incredibly readable form. I. It's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and it's also it brings in all situations with his, his family. It's very, it's very friendly. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best books written in, in a long time. It's a great if you're just a Catholic mm-hmm. and you want to know about how to know and love Jesus and Mary and God and those around you, then this is a great, 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 great. I Ordered can't by love. Enough. Ordered by love. Thomas M. Ward. Yeah, okay. by Angelico Press, but you can get an Amazon or wherever you get your fine books. Uh, and then, what would be a primary text that you would you would uh, suggest? Um, <laughs> yeah, this is tough. There's a Hackett. I mean, see, the problem is Scotus tends to be more of a philosopher than a theologian, mm-hmm. and he doesn't write a summa sort of thing. But there is a little collection on on. He has some stuff on the Immaculate Conception in a little book that's a little book that's put out. 
um, by the Franciscans of uh, Immaculata or something. They have okay. this, if you type in Blessed John John Scotus, uh, Immaculate Conception, you know, it'll collect together some of his writings on the Blessed Virgin Mary, which are quite beautiful. Uh, but Scotus, yeah, he makes he makes Thomas look like child play because Scotus gets distracted. He's like, he sees something, and then he's, oh, there's Rabbit a distinction. Hole. He wanders over there, and he comes back. And then, like, he shows up later. <laughs> you yeah. No, I don't ever do that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's uh, it's and the texts are a mess. I even work with the manuscripts uh, when I've done that. It's just, they're a pain, and it's it's not like Thomas where we have these nice kind of, ordered arguments so he's tough but there are there are uh, cases of this and depends what you want to go into but he's he's heavy dude philosophy but i think starting with the Mar- marion the kind of mac conception stuff would give you a sense of taste of him nice sweet okay so uh we didn't even mention that you're on god's planning i apologize oh, but yeah. not important who cares no that was like it's a way bigger podcast like it, the, the, it, everybody who's listened to our you podcast certainly get already more out know. of it if you have like yeah. one, an hour for podcasting you should certainly listen to that so god's planning yeah. 30 minutes we can fit you guys in too yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. look <laughs> takes us an hour to get like 10 minutes of good stuff in yeah, yeah usually well, so here we are when so you're, when you're not here oh so. that's right so uh next week we're gonna talk about art yes okay i'm looking forward to it we're on the lord's team the winning side so raise your glass <laughs> <laughs>